It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. This is Riz Hatton with the Becker's Dental Pastillo Podcast. I'm thrilled to be joined today by Ray Caruso, CEO of Lone Peak Dental Group. Ray, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, Riz. I'm happy to be on. Great. Well, could you just start off by introducing yourself and telling us a bit about your background? Yeah, absolutely. So I've spent most of my adult life in dentistry. I started out as a dental assistant when I was 19, joined the Army, and over a couple of years, they saw something in me and and sent me to hygiene school. So I did hygiene for a little bit. And when I got out of the Army, I went back to school, got my degree, and started working for Heartland Dental Care at their at one of their offices at the front desk. I was with them for 11 years. I left as a regional director and moved up to Chicago area, where you are, and um, started working as a uh, VP of Ops for a small startup DSO called Decision One Dental. Um, they had uh, just a handful of practices at the time, and by the time I left, I was working with them as their COO, and we had grown it up to 20 practices. And then I came over to Lone Peak Dental Group in 2017. I've been here um, almost six years. I've been enjoying every minute of it. We've built this to be one of the largest pediatric dental groups in the country. We have 70 practices in 14 states. And um, we continue to provide access to care for pediatric patients um, in the markets that we serve. Fantastic. Thank you for that introduction. My first question for you is, what are the biggest issues you're following in dental today? The biggest issues that I'm following is access to care. There are millions of kids out there and adults that aren't able to get quality dental care in the communities in which they're in. And there's a lot of dentists that will not accept certain types of insurance and certain types of payers, mainly Medicaid. And so we do our best to combat that by providing services for these kids in the areas that we are in. There are so many needs out there. And really, if you look at the payers and the providers, it's no wonder why um, why doctors, dentists won't accept some of these payers because of the low reimbursement rates and where the insurance companies and even the states have the ability to change that, which will increase more access to care. Um, I, I think that's one of the biggest issues that I'm, I'm following personally. Interesting. And do you see anything, um, any big movement in the, in the reimbursement space that'll um, kind of help dentists be more inclined to to accept these different insurance types. Do you see any movement uh, when it comes to policies? I have, I have, and and really excited about uh, what some of the states are doing and what some of the politicians are doing in in this uh, in in some different regions that are providing higher reimbursement rates for the dentists and um, allowing more dentists to see a reason why they should be able to provide treatment. 
40% of kids are on Medicaid. And when, when you have that large of a number of population and so many doctors and dentists not accepting that, the reason is usually reimbursements. And so the politicians, the states, uh, governments are seeing this as one of the needs that they have to make a change for. And I've seen in several states not just small increases of two or three or five percent, but larger increases, ten percent, twenty percent, thirty percent, even. So as those states continue to make these changes, other states are jumping on. Very interesting. Thank you. My next question for you is: What are you most excited about, and what makes you nervous when you look towards the future of dentistry? Yeah. So I'm most excited about technology, um, especially retain, um, pertaining to administrative um, services that can that really can bring us into this decade. You know, we're everyone is short staffed. There, lots of people are talking about being short staffed. So why are we relying on old technology like calling insurance companies and waiting for insurance companies to get back to us to to get uh, um, to get confirmation that our patients are are on there. Um, why are we? Why can't we do more scheduling online? Why isn't ninety percent of all of our scheduling done online? Um, and you know, we could have technologies that that increase or or improve the um, uh, credentialing and and just getting us all into this into this decade that we're in. Um, I even see technologies that we can be using that, that can have notifications for patients and waiting rooms as to when their patient, when their, when, when their kids are going to be done. I mean, I order a pizza and it lets me know when it goes in the oven, when it comes out of the oven, when it's in the driver's hands, why can't we have that same kind of technology to keep our patients or parents informed? Um, so those kind of things that can, that can help us leverage the, the team that we do have and give them different responsibilities instead of uh, consistent administrative tasks like scheduling appointments and get them into more uh, patient-focused technologies or patient-focused administrative duties that are, uh, you know, working directly with the patients, keeping patients and parents informed. So um, that's what excites me. Um, what makes me nervous, you know, I still, I have to go back to the access of care. You know, DSOs, they really understand their market, and their market is the doctor. That's, that's who they are really serving is the doctor. And they know that doctors want to be in attractive cities. So what happens to that rural practice? Um, there are a few providers that want to live in small towns, but there's plenty and plenty of patients. So w what, are, what are people doing about that problem? And we personally, we combat that by providing an ownership component for, uh, for our doctors. So they own uh, a, uh, a significant stake in the practice in which they work. That so keeps them tied to the practice. Uh, it keeps them focused on, on ensuring the success of the practice. And we have greater retention with our doctors because of it. And we can go ahead and put practices in some of these secondary and tertiary markets and treat these, these patients that really need access to care so they're not driving an hour and a half, two hours to see a dentist 
because we do have that ownership model. So that's how we're combating it. Um, I know some other some other uh, DSOs are doing uh, making other changes, but this is what we do. Interesting, and that that's a really cool, um, unique solution to to the issue of getting access to care in those maybe rural or, or less populated areas. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. So what will be the most effective healthcare leaders? What will the most effective healthcare leaders need to be successful in the next two to three years? You know, I don't think it's going to be any different two to three years from now, except it might be even more challenging, but attracting and retaining talent. That is the number one thing right now. Uh, it will be the, I, I believe it'll be the number, the, uh, the number one thing in, in the future because everybody is seeking the same talent. They're out there looking for the same people. And, and as people get more and more, um, as dentistry gets more and more consolidated, you will find that it won't be about who the company is or how much I'm getting paid. It will be about what are you providing me as what kind of culture am I getting and what, um, what do you currently have? So I, this is why I like to know that this is going to get edited because uh, I, I got off track there a little bit. Sorry. Um, it will be more about what kind of culture and what kind of company am I going to than the commodity of how much am I getting paid? So attracting the talent around culture and what you stand for as a company is going to be more important than how much are you paying? Because that's, that's going to be about the same uh, throughout the whole country. Fascinating. Thank you. And that's definitely a, a theme I've heard from lots of other dental leaders as well. Well, Ray, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. And thank you for all of your great insights. I look forward to connecting with you again in the future. It was totally my pleasure. Thanks for asking me.